You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. The Dining at Disney podcast. The Dining at Disney podcast. Your ultimate source about the wonderful world of dining at the Disneyland and Walt Disney World Resorts. If you are what you eat, then I only want to eat the good stuff. Kristen Hetzel Go and Jay Bratton are your guides on this culinary adventure. We'll prepare and serve with flair a culinary cabaret. Join them as they discuss the latest food news, expert tips, recommendations, and trip planning advice related to Disney food and dining. From quick service to fine dining, you will discover all the best restaurants and food as they hungrily explore the Disney parks. It brings folks together from all walks of life. The Dining at Disney podcast. And now, your host... Kristen Hetzel Go and Jay Bratton. Welcome to the very first episode of Dining at Disney podcast. I'm Kristen. With me is Jay. How you doing, Jay? Doing great. How you doing? I'm doing good. Well, guys, so what we're going to do is kind of tell you tell you guys a little bit about ourselves. You know, our Disney background, our foodie background, all that kind of fun stuff. So let's see, Jay. I'm going to let you start off and tell everybody a little bit about you know when did you when did you first start going to the parks? Oh, ever since I was a kid. Like like most people, um, I had the good fortune of living in Southern California, and as such, I had uh, relatively you know close access to the parks. Uh, well, actually, when I was younger, it was just the park because there was only Disneyland, right? Um, but, uh, you know, I did live two hours away and, you know, my parents weren't uh, big, you know, Disneyland people. So we just went periodically and, uh, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it, obviously, as a, as a kid and I have fond memories from that point. Um, but, you know, the evolution of my love for Disney sort of grew um, in recent years. I think it was about uh, six years ago that I had went to the parks. I was under a lot of stress. Uh, you know, I was going to grad school at the time. I mean, I just kind of needed a break, you know, and, and so I uh, I was dating a woman and, and uh, we had decided to go to Disneyland on a date and it was during the holiday time and I don't know, just something hit me. It just, there's something magical in the air and when I, I, when I looked around, I was like, you know what, this feels like a second home to me, you know, and it just, just something about, uh, you know, the atmosphere, uh, the attention to detail, all the attractions, uh, the people, um, the cast members everything uh, just kind of just grew on me and, and it just made me realize you know what this truly is the happiest place on earth for me um and then uh yeah so you know so now it evolved to, to where i go every you know two months or more frequently if possible <laughs> <laughs> how about yourself what about your your disney world slash disneyland uh love Okay, so I did not grow up near the parks at all. I grew up in northern part of Ohio. And so, you know, amusement park to me was Geauga Lake, Cedar Point, Kings Island. That's what I grew up, you know, going to and being used to. So my first trip was right after Christmas in 91. And it was a high school band trip. So we were playing the Orange Bowl and made three stops or spent three days in Disney, one day at each of the parks. Of course, this is pre-Disney's Animal Kingdom. And from the first moment that I walked into the Magic Kingdom, I was sold. I was like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, my best friend at the time, um, I, you know, I've known her since I was 11 years old. And she grew up where her parents took her out of school every May to go to Disney. 
And eventually, after she graduated high school, her parents decided to move down to Orlando. Her mom was working for Disney, and uh, and uh, she ended up down there as well. But it's one of those things that, you know, kind of getting to, you know, I had my own little guide because she knew where everything was and, and that, but it, it kind of started there. And then it became a thing where I would go every two to three years until I guess it was 06, I think, maybe somewhere around 06, 07, I got my first annual pass. Huh. And that's when it became a problem because, <laughs> you know, now I'm in Tennessee. It's about a 10 and a half hour drive down to, down to, uh, down to Florida and started, you know, going to the parks, you know, two times a year, then it became four times a year. And now it is up to as many as six times a year. Oh my, and, goodness. Uh, my family thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> And my first trip, because I feel like people who are Walt Disney World fans, many of them will say, well, refer to themselves as a, a level five Disney fan. But I feel like you can't ever say that until you've stepped foot in Walt's Park. So until you go to Disneyland, you can't say you're that level, I don't feel. But so, so my first trip to Disneyland was in 09. And I got the my first visit, you know, about it and all that kind of stuff. But it was so exciting for me to get to to see the original park and all these attractions that Walt personally touched himself. And so that was really cool to me. And starting with, I guess, about three years ago, I've made one or two trips a year out there. Um, I go every January now and then uh, every other year for D23. So That's great. And I feel like... You you, in a sense, you can't really compare the two. People want to compare the two parks, and to a certain degree, you can, but you, but you can't at the same time. You know what I mean? No, I yeah. I mean, to me, they're uh, two different entities altogether. Um, you know, whereas uh, Disney World is, you know, very spread out and really you have to devote at least, you know, I'd say a week or, or 10 days, two weeks maybe uh, to, to going to Disney World if you're going to travel from a far distance. Whereas Disneyland, I mean, you know, it you can get it done in a few days. Of course, you probably want to go more than a few days, but it's because it's so um, compact and, you know, you don't have to drive to get from one park to another park and, you know, worry about all the transportation issues and things like that all you have to do is walk across the the courtyard you know really um so you know it's it's more quaint in that regard but um you know it's uh yeah they are definitely uh ex different experiences and you know some people love disney world more than disneyland and vice versa so you know to to each his own and it's all about disney food now I feel like these two parks, it's like having two children. You know, you can't you can't love one more than the other, but you feel differently about each of them. True. That's True. that's kind of how, how I see it. Um, and not being local to a park where, see, you've got the advantage of being very close. And, you know, if you wanted to go twice a month, you could easily go twice a month. Right. Um, that's not quite doable for me. So since my first trip, I think I've made, I think my next trip's going to make it 41 or 42 trips to Disney World. And then I have either five or six trips that I've made to Disneyland. That's and great. all my trips are always a minimum of five days. And they've been as many as either 11 or 12. So it seems to me that should count as like multiple trips, maybe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we both love food and how did you how did you get into food to begin with? Like 
you know, are you somebody who liked to cook or just no, like not, eat not or? Really. Yeah, I, you know, I guess it was sort of a, a, a slow evolution with that as well. Um, you know, when I was growing up, I was, you know, I come from a uh, bicultural family. You know, my, my mother's Korean uh, descent and my father is American, white, white American, you know, for lack of a better description. <laughs> um, so, you know, I mean, he, he liked the, you know, meatloaf and potatoes and you know that kind of thing and whereas my mother had you know kimchi and, and fish and rice and, and all that so I had the the blend of of both uh, cultures when it came to, to dining so uh, it wasn't boring when it uh, came to dinner time at my house um, but uh, you know as I grew older uh, my father uh, liked to go out to eat and um, my mother wasn't into eating out so much so he took me with him it's like you know whenever he had the opportunity he's like oh let's go you know, go to lunch here or whatever. And it wasn't McDonald's. It would be some, you know, a nicer place, you know, with, with uh, you know, a, a really good menu and stuff like that. And I asked him one time, I said, well, why is it that you like to eat out so much? He says, well, it's not just about the food. He says, it's about the adventure. And it's about exploring, you know, new new foods through, you know, new cultures through food and kind of learning about the different dishes that are available. And I was like, you know, that just really resonated with me. And I just, I, you know, I remember we were actually, uh, I remember the exact restaurant we were at. It was an Argentinian place. And I was like, you know, it was kind of bizarre because I not tried Argentinian food before. And, um, you know, for him to say that at that point was just really um, profound for me. And then um, as I grew a little bit older, uh, you know, I had more money to spend to go out to eat and, and stuff like that. And, you know, I guess when you're in your 20s, you kind of you, you eat for quantity, not quality. But then, you know, as I got a little bit older in my 30s, it was more about quality than quantity. And uh, that's where I'm at now. You know, I, you know, I'm 40 plus years old. And, and um, you know, to me, it's like if I'm going to go out to eat, I want to eat the best that's available. You know, I'm not going to stuff myself with, you know, a double decker hamburger. Uh, you know, for McDonald's, I mean, you know, for people who like that, great. So, you know, so be it and more power to them. But, you know, if I'm going to get a, a burger, I want that gourmet burger with like mushrooms and truffles and aioli, and, you know, a garlic aioli on, you know, a brioche bun. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, just, I want it to be something real good and something flavorful. Oh, yeah. Um, How about yourself? See, I, I started, in order to pay for college, I got a job waiting tables. And prior to that, I, like growing up, I was not a kid that was all about food or any any of that kind of stuff. So, um, it, it, but I was the kid who didn't like their vegetables. But you know, mom and dad said you have to finish your plate. So I would find condiments and other things in the refrigerator and like seasonings and stuff. So I kind of, as a kid, would play with flavors to make my food so I could eat it hmm. or at least not hate it so much. And um, I started waiting tables and from then just kind of got into really liking food. And I worked for a couple of really good, good restaurants. One of them was a, a New Orleans based restaurant. And from there, I kind of, you know, we got to try all of the menu items because I was there when the restaurant opened. And from that, you know, you just kind of learn about good food. And they would have uh, our wine rep and, and liquor rep. They would come in every other month, tell us about new wines and how they pair with foods and would teach us about how to pick up the smells and the flavors and the wine and why it pairs well with certain certain dishes. And that just kind of intrigued me. 
And when I first moved down on my own, you know, you're cooking and I kind of would find things in the refrigerator, you know, is working a job where I got home late at night and you go through the refrigerator and you start pulling stuff out and go, let's see if this, this stuff works together and kind of get it, got into where I wanted to cook. And for a while I was taking cooking classes, wanted to a uh, few years ago, looked into going to culinary school. However, it is so expensive. And I'm like, considering my age, I'm like, I'm not gonna, that much money to do it is just, it's, it's too much for the amount of work time I have, you know, right. one of those things where it was like, yeah, if I was 15 years younger, I would, I would totally be doing it. But, you know, almost a hundred thousand dollars to be able to own, operate and, you know, cook at my own restaurant is just takes a lot of time to pay off uh, that much money. So absolutely. So, yeah, I actually, um, yeah, when I was younger, I didn't cook, um, but as I grew older and now uh, I do cook all the time, um, you know, since I got married, uh, my wife, uh, I love her, but she doesn't know how to cook. Uh, I mean, she can make, she can bake uh, cookies and, and, you know, pastries, you know, to, you know, like nobody's business. I mean, she's awesome at that. It just, but cooking, um, she knows two dishes and both of them were taught by her father, uh, taught to her by her father. And, um, you know, one is uh, fried rice and um, the other one is, uh, I believe, wontons. And I've only tried the fried rice. So <laughs> and, uh, it's good. But, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, she's just, uh, you know, she's just that that's not what she likes to do. Me, I love to like you. I, I love to experiment. Um you know, try different flavor combinations, different texture combinations. Um, you know, I like to uh, sort of blend things that, uh, you know, aren't necessarily, um, you know, items that you would normally associate being connected together, you know. Um, it, and it, it kind of is uh, sort of the way I cook is uh, trying to, uh, what I try to do is, I guess, is, um, uh, is emulate what I taste at restaurants, you know. So if I try like a, I remember um, recently a, a friend of mine, had, uh, we went to a, a burger place uh, down the road here and um, they had a PB&J burger. And uh, it was interesting that they had, you know, peanut butter, on top of the burger along with uh, um, sriracha uh, sauce and uh, jelly and you're thinking okay what does a Vietnamese hot sauce have to do with peanut butter and jelly? But it actually <laughs> ties in, you know, all the flavors and acts as sort of a conduit of, you know, to incorporate it well with the with the meat of the burger. And um, you know, you know, it just it just that's mind blowing. So you know, I I'm able to do the same thing at my my house as well. And um, you know, I just it's it's just it's fun for me. I just hate doing dishes, but that's okay. Perfect though, because she's the baker and you're the cook. So that that right, works exactly. out nice. Now see, I'm I'm I cannot bake. <laughs> I made a cake the other day, and I followed exactly the directions on the box box and the way it said. And it's still just I'm like I don't know what it is about baking, but it's not my thing. My mom used to make all kinds of like candies and cookies and cakes and all that kind of stuff growing up, and it did not rub off on me at all. Yeah. Not one bit. You know that's that's her thing. But when it comes to the kitchen and creating dishes myself. That I've got, and and it's. I think it's. They're both two different types of science. 
They are. I, you know, cooking to me is, is more fluid than, than baking. Baking, you have to be very precise in, you know, your measurements and, you know, baking times and got to make sure to pull it out, you know, here and, you know, whatever. And with cooking, it's like, I'll throw a little extra salt or I'll throw a little extra pepper. Or, you know, how about just a, just a touch of garlic, see how that goes. And, you know, you just kind of just play with the ingredients. It's a, a lot more flexible. Yes, I agree. And I think that's why I like cooking because I can be very creative and not have to worry about turning something into a complete disaster. Because if you start playing around with, um, yeah, you can end up with a cake that's like this big or it's, you know, completely flat and, yeah. Yeah. So how did you, um, like, I guess when you were going to the parks, like, you know, uh, Disney World and so forth, you know, when you're younger, I mean, how, like, what is it that made you discover the unique food that was there? Was it like the Food and Wine Festival or just that you just kind of stumbled upon some really great dishes, you know, that kind of thing? Or how, how did that come about? To begin with, my first Let's see, my, I think it was my third trip. My third trip, which was the second one that I took that was like a non-family trip. And uh, I tried a restaurant and did not like it. I was like, this this is, this is not good, you know, for the prices on it, it. I didn't think it was good. And at the time, I was waiting tables. And so I went, you know, we decided the rest of the trip. We're like, okay, we'll do one other table service. And then the rest of the time, we'll just find some unique you know, counter service places. And then it was probably another three years before I went back and dined in a restaurant and really, really loved it. And my next trip, I went back to the same place. But it got to the point where I was like, okay, I can't eat at the same, you know, five places every time I go. I need to kind of expand things and the, the food's good. And as I said, I because of studying, you know, like I have the Culinary Institute textbook at my house like I've ordered it online as something <laughs> to, something to learn to kind of help with all of that stuff um to be more of an expert about not just eating in a restaurant but food itself and what the way it should be cooked and what's proper and happened to start eating at a few restaurants and I got involved back in the day when chat rooms were still around getting in chat rooms and talking about restaurants and people always had all these questions and I kind of thought well, this is interesting. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll try that restaurant next time. So then it got, I think it was maybe an oh, oh 08 or oh 09. I told Aljon, we can eat, depending on how long we're there, either one or two restaurants that we normally eat at. Everything else has to be a new restaurant. And then it kind of became a challenge. I was like, I'm going to dine everywhere at Disney. <laughs> I'm going to dine at every quick service, every snack stand, every table service. And so we started doing, uh, and it started with the Disney dining plan when they first launched it. And then it was like, okay, when we do this one restaurant, everything else has to be new until we, we hit everything. And then, so now that I've dined at every restaurant, it becomes, is there a new new menu or a restaurant we haven't been to in a while? And for the longest time, I kept track of every restaurant and when I ate there. And somewhere I have part of that. The other part, I still need to go through all the receipts because, I, you know, you go so frequently and you start just not thinking about writing that anymore. Right. But... So that's that's pretty much where that all started from. That's cool. Well, you know, when I when I was growing up and I went to the, to Disneyland, um, 
I, I, to be honest, I hated the food. I thought it was just atrocious. It was terrible. Um, you know, I distinctly remember uh, going to the Tomorrowland Terrace and uh, I got a hamburger. And when I bit into it, I was like, what the heck is this? You know, it was so dry. It was like just a, a piece of meat that was kind of sandwiched between two, like a bun, I guess, if you want to call it that. And it was like cold and hard. And I was like, and then the French fries were soggy. And I was, it was, it was terrible. And so I wasn't really a fan of the food for a long time um, until, you know, again, when I fell back in love with Disney again, Disneyland again, um, I just started eating a little bit, you know, just quick service stuff, you know, camera service or what have you. Um, but I didn't really go for the full service menus. Uh, but then I get, you know, I met my wife and, and um, you know, we started experimenting a little more. And, um, you know, we sort of challenge ourselves. It's like, you know what, let's eat at every place there is at the Disneyland Resort. And uh, we've we've done about uh, 90% of the restaurants and, you know, you know, whether it be quick service or full dining or, or fancy, you know, restaurants whatever it, it uh, you know just became one of those things that we it, it became part of the experience for us uh, of going to Disneyland and uh, yeah so now I am you know I decided you know why don't I write about it or you know talk about it and uh, you know it's for people who don't know them uh, on the uh, DizGeek uh, podcast as well and uh, they can check us out DizGeek.com uh, and um, anyways uh, we you know periodically feature a food segment and um, so I started doing that and and I met Kristen, and I was like, wait a second. Hmm, maybe we can do a <laughs> podcast about food. Let's do this. Yes, Disney food. Let's do this. So, well, and the thing is, if it were not for the Disney podcast, you and I wouldn't know each other because... And I don't even know how Aldon and I got connected with Daniel to begin with, but that's, he's pretty much what kind of set all this in motion. I guess it's been, what, about two years now? Yes. Yeah. Amazing. So that's cool. Well, it's worked out well, obviously, and and uh, hopefully our listeners enjoy as you know as well. So okay, since we mentioned his keep podcast, maybe we should talk a little bit about some of our previous adventures, whether it comes to like vidcasts, podcasts, blogging, whatever. Do you want to tell them a little bit about what you've done? Oh, sure. Well, I uh, I wrote for the Dining at Disney pod, er, excuse me, the Dining at Disney website for a while. Uh, I kind of stopped for a little bit. I, I uh, in, embarked on, on a new endeavor, um, actually doing a um, food tour, unofficial food tour of Disneyland. It's called the Magical Food Tour, which you can visit me at magicalfoodtour.com. And um, I've also, uh, again, talked about it on the, the podcast uh, on the Disc Geek podcast, and um, you know, I've I've done a lot of writing in the past. I, I used to write for other magazines, uh, but it was automotive in nature. So I I have experience writing, and you know, I did uh, go to to graduate school, so I'm I'm used to writing long a, a lot of stuff. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and um, so I just figured that uh, I could put my talents to this, and uh, this is actually my first video podcast, vid- vidcast, if you will. Um, and uh, yeah, so. Hopefully, I'm, I'm doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really like doing vidcasts because you you can see the person you're talking to. And uh, for those of you listening, we are going to be turning this into uh, 
just audio podcast as well. So people will have the option that they can either watch us or, you know, from their computer or download it, put it on, you know, your iPhone, iPad, any kind of mobile device and take it with you. It's in the car, whatever. Now you can even listen to it while you're working out. That way you can think of like how many calories you need to burn to have your next Disney meal, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but yeah, that'll be available all of those different ways. Um, and let's see, how did I get started? I start, as I mentioned, with being on a message board, and it kind of started from there. And this is before really anybody was blogging. And I kind of used that as a way to blog about writing food reviews. And, you know, I noticed in chat rooms and message board, everybody was talking about Disney food. And I was like, well, I know about food. So it kind of started from that. And then um, for a while, I was doing uh, cooking with Mickey. I was doing that blog and cooking videos that way to show people how to make them at home. Because so many people look at a recipe and go, oh, my, I am so overwhelmed by this. And to kind of show people how easy it was to do that. And then got on Sorcerer Radio and working with all the DJs over there and just networking and that's like I said that's how somehow we met Daniel through networking and that's how I met you and I can say it's one of the coolest things about the Disney community is when you get to network with other people who like the same things you do you know it's it's fun because you can find one thing to that you have in common and you know like Disney and then you find out oh hey we both like food and or we both like the same sport or you know it's be fun. Cool. So I guess for for future podcasts, I you know I think that uh, our listeners can look forward to a, a sort of a, a format that uh, will be easily digestible, if you will. Um, I think that um, we'll do a new segment, which we'll uh, we'll call our appetizer section. And then uh, from that point, we'll go to our feature presentation, which we'll label our main course. And then, um, how about you know, you gotta any good meal, you gotta have some dessert, right? So, of course, we, yeah. So we we gotta provide a little sweetness and uh, by uh, by giving some tips, some secrets, maybe um, you know, something from Disney World, something from Disneyland, and then uh, also you know, we'll post some listener questions and and stuff like that. That way, you know, if you if you have something that you want answered about the parks, uh, you know, where where's the best this or where's the best that or what if you have dietary needs and so forth, we'll be happy to answer them on air. And um, anyways, uh, let's see, am I forgetting anything? Let's see. I don't oh, think so. Oh, yeah. So, uh, and then as far as the, the main the main courses are concerned, um, we'll try to cover a, a wide array of topics. Um Anywhere from like the best restaurants, uh, best places to, you know, grab a snack or, you know, best places for dessert or, you know, that type of thing. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe come out, you know, evolve into other things as well, the other topics. And uh, maybe who knows if uh, if things go right, maybe we can even like bring on a guest or something. I mean, who knows, you know, sky's the limit. Oh, yeah. That's the one thing. You know, food is always changing. And, you know, between the two parks, you have 
probably more than 400 restaurants to try. So that's a lot, a lot of places we can talk about, you know, Absolutely. and, uh, and of course, you know, there's all, you've got the 60th anniversary out your way starting up soon. So yep. I'm sure there'll be some special food items and stuff that we'll be able to talk about or dining experiences head of out at Disney world. There's always food and wine festival and uh, gosh, coming up in just a couple of days, you've got the, um, Flower and Garden Festival, and they've added food to that. I can't tell you how excited it made me when they decided to add food to that. I was like, oh, no, I have a reason to go to Flower and Garden. Yeah, I, I was actually surprised about that. It, I, I guess they hadn't done uh, food as a, as a feature in the past, correct? Yeah, it, this is the 22nd year of Flower and Garden in the third mm-hmm. year that they've had food. Oh, okay. Oh, I, yeah, well. So it's... Yeah, the food food aspect. Well, so it's is really, really yeah, new. it's it's relatively new, so that that's cool. Yeah, I'm actually wanting to know a little bit more about that, and I think this podcast is a perfect uh, perfect way to learn, right? Yeah, and, uh, yeah, uh, the um they actually used to have a food and wine festival at the DCA back in the days um, before it became DCA 2.0, and uh, I I really miss that. I wish, I mean, you know, I. <laughs> I mean, if we had to sacrifice the Food and Wine Festival for Cars Land, so be it. But I still think that they there's room to, to bring back the Food and Wine Festival. So if uh, any Disney executives, Disney employees hear this podcast, hey, put in a good word for us. You know, get get that back, please. <laughs> <laughs> I never got to experience that. I remember it's, writing about it, but, mm-hmm. you know, letting people know it was coming up and that kind of stuff. But I never, never got to experience it. So... Yeah, well, from what I heard, it's something similar to what they have at Disney World, but uh, you know, it's still unique, obviously, because it's California. But uh, yeah, they uh, they had really great deals on wine and stuff. I mean, it was it was a, it was in, you know unique food and all that. Um, but uh, yeah, I miss it, and I hope they bring it back someday. But uh, anyways. So I guess that's a wrap for now. I think so. I think that sounds good. So, um, oh, one thing we should mention is, of course, where everybody can find each of us. Um, And I would like to say, if you have questions uh, that you would love for us to answer, you have, you know, comments, please feel free to contact us at podcast at diningandisney.com. And we'll get back to you and your questions will be answered on the show and so, Jay, where can everybody find you? Uh, well, uh, basically all my social media accounts are Magical Food Tour. So you do Facebook.com slash Magical Food Tour, Twitter, you know, at Magical Food Tour, uh, MagicalFoodTour.com. It's it's pretty much consistent. So uh, contact me there if you have any questions or interested in a tour, of course. And to tune in to Disgeek Podcast as well. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I, how can I forget my buddies? <laughs> Sorry. Tommy, <laughs> Chris, my buddies. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, you can check me out on the uh, uh, Disgeek Podcast. It's uh, That's at, um, uh, like I said, disgeek.com. And also on Twitter, it's uh, at Disgeek Podcast. Uh, we talk about everything uh, about Disneyland um, and uh, DCA, the whole Disneyland resort, and uh, just really covering specifically those areas we don't try to expand on any of the any other topics and you can find me at diningandisney.com also on twitter facebook instagram pinterest all of those fun places it's going to be dining at disney on youtube we are the dining at disney so make sure to check us out we will be doing these podcasts uh slash vidcasts every two weeks so make sure to keep up with us and subscribe Until next time, I'm Kristen. 
I'm Jay. Bye. Bye. Bon appétit. Hey, don't forget to send me a postcard from the Muppet Studios. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I can't do that, Walter. But, Gary... Because... You're coming with us! <gasps> Book your next Disney vacation with Kristen Hetzel of Magical Journeys Travel. An unconventional agency for the unconventional client, Magical Journeys is dedicated to finding the best pricing for your next magical journey. Wait a minute. I love that idea. Kristen will work hard to save you money and give you the quality of service you deserve. As a well-established agency and an authorized Disney vacation planner, Magical Journeys Travel has many years in the travel industry and dealing with the infamous Disney reservation system. Let Kristen help you plan your next magical journey. To book travel or for a free quote, please contact Kristen Hetzel at www.magicaljourneystravel.com forward slash Kristen. Follow her on Twitter at Kristen Hetzel. Come on, everybody. Magical Journeys, an authorized Disney vacation planner. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the geek revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Listen to Weeby Geeks podcast on iTunes and Stitcher or online at WeebyGeeks.net. Weeby Geeks, your voice for the Geek Revolution. Want to know more?